Welcome to Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants with me, Shelley Fischel of Tomorrow's VA and Joe Brianti of JLB Support Solutions. In each episode, we'll chat about what we're up to and bring you fantastic interviews with guest experts, as well as our app of the month and top tips, all aimed at helping you to grow your VA business. So grab a cuppa, sit back and join us for a fun-filled hour. Welcome to Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants, and it's episode number something or other. I've got no idea how many episodes we've got anymore, Joe. What about you? What do you think? No, I think we're up to probably about 29, are we? Somewhere around that I number, I think. I think it's in the 30s now, actually. Oh, are we? Last, oh. Yeah, because I think the last one that went published was 28, so... Uh, We are recording this, listeners, on the 9th of November 2020, and um, we have got podcasts scheduled to go out over the next few weeks, and we've we've had quite a number up until now. So I think this is in the 30s or somewhere. So it's been quite fun getting them out there, but I'm really pleased that we work the way we work, Joe, because of this Mm. batch recording that we do. Yeah, because, for example, while I've just been away, because we're going to talk about what we've been up to, I've just been away for six weeks. And if we had been recording the podcast every week, um, that would have been quite a minefield to fit because I was in the States, which meant we had time zone issues. Yeah. And I've discovered that I'm not great with working out time zones (laughs) at the moment. I've been getting myself in such a muddle. Um, but I was away for six weeks, but we'll talk about that in a minute. So what have you been up to in the last six weeks, Joe? Because we haven't had a, managed to have a chat till now. Well, um, I've um, just signed up for my data protection officer training. And by Christmas, I will be um, a certificated data protection officer, um, which fits in with my business plans for this year as you know we we briefly talked before you went away about my rebrand and my um restructure of my business so um by christmas everything will be in place and i've spent a lot of time over the last i suppose month or so just planning and um getting my ducks in a row as a a friend we both know would say (laughs) (laughs) The lovely Annabelle and her ducks in a row. And anybody mentions ducks, I immediately think of Annabelle. In fact, whenever I'm out and about, if I see ducks in the zoo, when we were in America, we went to the zoo. We took our our granddaughter to the zoo and there was a big, big, you know, outdoor pond thing. And there were loads of ducks. And immediately Annabelle Kay of Iredicon and Coffee Clatch springs to mind when I see ducks. It's just natural, which is really good from a branding point of view because it's, it means that it's stuck. Um, yeah. I, wonder, I hope, wonder if people think of frogs when they think of me. It'd be interesting <laughs> to poll everybody and find out. So, uh, so that's really exciting for you. So you've, you've yeah. done a rebrand, you've got a new business name, yeah. and, uh, and you're doing some further training. So are you going to be yeah. offering new services? Um, yeah, I've started to pivot to those new services um, now, and it's very, very streamlined. It's all about data protection um, and supporting companies with their, their data protection needs, GDPR compliance, and um, there's an element of sort of tech and systems and process alongside of that. Yeah. So it, it's quite 
integrated in terms of the the, the, the services that I offer and it's also um, sort of stripped out a lot of the things that we all sort of take on when we start a business as we get going because we think we can do it all and in some cases you know we've got the work experience we've done a lot but um, they just don't serve you after a period of time and I know you've done very much the same over a period of time with changing from you know working with corporates and and you know really niching into PAs and VAs in your support that you do Shelley which yeah, is you know top draw yeah and um, yeah so I've had a very busy um, we, it's actually about eight weeks since we spoke because I've been yeah. in, uh, in in Israel for two weeks and um, I went to America because my daughter was expecting a baby and she wasn't very well and we had to do quarantine before the baby was born so that we could be with her. Anyway, she thankfully delivered a very healthy baby boy who is absolutely gorgeous. Uh, and we got to have a whole weekend with Rosie who is all of not quite two. And uh, that, was, that was great fun. So we had some quality time with them. But while I was away, I was really busy. I had various client meetings which is where I got my time zones muddled up. And uh, I also delivered two huge sessions for Exec Tech, which is the tech conference run by Executive Secretary magazine, uh, one on Teams and one on Word and PowerPoint, which were very successful. And I wasn't live, they were pre-recorded, but I was, um, I was in the chat there and, and, and then had follow-up conversations with various people. I delivered a session for Miss Jones PA to their online forum. Again, that was pre-recorded, but I was in the chat. So that was very busy. Um, before I went away, I was commissioned by my online publisher's book boon to write a book about Microsoft Teams, of course. And uh, the plan was the two weeks quarantine that we were there, I was gonna get stuck into that. But that kind of doesn't happen, partly because we weren't in quarantine for two weeks because the baby was early and we were needed elsewhere. Um, and partly because Microsoft are bringing out a huge update to Teams. Yes. And I want that update. I've written, I have now written most of the book. I've got a few more bits to finish, but there is a large section that I'm waiting for Microsoft to deliver, which is about breakout rooms. And yeah. once that appears in my version of Teams, I'll be able to finish, well, I'll have to test it, break it, see how it works and then stick it in the book. So, uh, so yeah, so it's been very, very busy for me. Um, and various other odds and different kinds of proposals have come my way as well. So yeah. uh, it's just busy. But that's good. Yeah, not complaining, not complaining. And <laughs> especially as there's nowhere to go, you know, yeah. we are not any longer in full lockdown. I know you are in full lockdown. Yeah. But even so, at the moment, we don't have restaurants are not open, coffee shops yeah. are not open. So um, even if you wanted to go out for something, there's kind of nowhere to go to. Yeah. Uh, although we can start socialising. We have started socialising with friends, you know, just in very small groups, you know, like two, four, maximum six people. So uh, so that's, that's at least something. And we saw our Israeli children and grandchildren on Friday, but in the park. So yeah, that's, that's yeah. how it is. So we are going to be talking today to Sam of Blue, Boost and Bloom. I keep wanting to switch it the other way around, yeah. but it's Boost and Bloom. 
and she's got a really interesting story and we're going to hear more about that from Sam in just a few minutes. Yeah. So welcome to the actual meat and potatoes of our session today. So to, with us today, we have the wonderful Samantha Trim of Boost and Bloom. Have I got that right? You have indeed. Oh, welcome, welcome, welcome. I keep getting it wrong. I've, every time we spoke, Joe and I were speaking about it just before, I kept getting it back to front. So, uh, so welcome to the podcast, Sam. And it would be great to introduce yourself to our listeners, tell us, who you are, what services you offer, who you help, and what you basically what you do, and how did you get there? Because it's the human interest story that people like to hear. So, um, as you mentioned, I, I run Boost and Bloom. Um, I help small business owners with their online operations. Um, we do a range of services. I have some wonderful associates and some girls who work for me um, who help make the team what it is. Um, and we seem to have fallen into providing services for coaches. Um, and it wasn't something that I was looking for. It just kind of naturally has evolved that way. So the majority of our clients are coaches. Um, and I started in 2016, um, just after the birth of my second child. I was working for a SaaS company, Software as a Service, um, which is where I kind of learned most of the, the like tricks and the tips and everything that I needed to be able to progress myself. Um, and there was a lady that I, I knew uh, through this company who was just desperate for services that I knew I could help her with. And so I said to my boss, I was like, look, is it okay if I reach out to her and see if I can help. And she said, as long as it doesn't interfere with the work you have here, that is absolutely fine. So I sent her a message. Um, we had a bit of work going and then we had an ongoing relationship of a couple of years until she moved uh, to Australia. Um, and that's kind of how it started. Um, I unfortunately was given uh, the looming redundancy sort of talk when the company was going to be... Um, just left to go into sort of administration um and then last minute they found a buyer so I was actually kept on um but during that time I'd still been building up just slowly slowly building getting a few more clients here and there um and then I decided to go part-time at work part-time being a virtual assistant and then it kind of progressed so that I wasn't doing so much your typical assistant type, like mm -hmm. more of the basic things. Um, I seem to be doing more of helping with the marketing side and the online automation and connecting all the dots yeah. together for the, for the client. So that's kind of my area of expertise now. And then we help run um, quite a few customer service desks. So uh, the girls on the team are amazing at that and they really like pull together and, and sort out the customer service desks for our clients. So we all kind of have our area of what we love to do. And I find that if you're doing what you love, it's not really a job anyway. Yeah. So um, we kind of stick to what we like to do and what we know and what we're good at. And yeah, that's kind of how I started and how it's just grown. And then I actually quit my job 
Uh, I went on maternity from my job, from my third child in May last year, and I never went back. So yeah, yeah. this is full time. It was a big sort of thing for me saying to my husband, like, that's it. No more like guaranteed income, no more anything coming yeah. from the company. Like, are we good to do this? And he was like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> so yeah, took the leap last year and haven't looked back really. It's been really good. That's fantastic. That's just so nice to hear, isn't it? How it's, yeah. how it, well, first of all, it found you, um, mm. but I don't think it did find you so much, did, did it? I mean, you spotted an opportunity and you yeah. went for it. It's because the company that I was working for at the time used virtual assistants. I was employed by the company, but we used VAs. Um, we used a company in the States and they were brilliant. Um, so I knew what they were about. I knew what they could do and what they could offer and how sort of valuable they are to a business. Um, and this lady uh, who was reaching out on Facebook saying, oh, I've got this problem. I don't know how to fix it. I knew she tried VAs in the past and I don't think she'd had um, a great experience. So I just reached out to her and said, look, and she knew the company I was working for. So she, I kind of had a bit of weight in that she knew my boss and there was a bit of a connection there. So she was like, okay, let's give it a go. And yeah, once I started doing it, I was like, do I really enjoy this? And I like the sort of the, with having three kids, uh, I have a lot of nursery drop-offs, school pickups, school drop-offs and plays and this, that and the other that I, I want to be able to attend to. And this kind of allows me to work it around the kids and my lifestyle. And there's a very, very, very good work-life balance. And don't get me wrong, it was hard slog getting there. Yeah. In the beginning, I was working all hours while I was working full time and trying to build the business and having kids and doing everything else that everyone has to do on a day-to-day -day basis. I did find it really, really hard, but that hard work has paid off. And I'm now in that, that stage where the balance is perfect. That sounds fantastic. That sounds absolutely amazing. So if you got any questions, I've got a few questions. What about you, Joe? We've got some questions. I'm yeah I'm um, really impressed it, it, you've grown in a way you've grown it so very very quickly to, to where you are now with, with quite a big team and um, yeah I, I just love the sound of your business I hear that you do also saw that uh, read from your website that you do a little bit of um, sort of strategy and planning for businesses as well as the the kind of physical doing for people yeah. you help them plan and strategize and then help them do as well yeah we um the strategy sessions tend to be come from more one-off and they ha tend to actually be from more SaaS companies like software as a service um i think because that was my background before i came into being a, a VA um and then it just it's come from recommendations i've been really lucky that all of my clients have been word of mouth um which is amazing. So I haven't had to put money into um, sort of advertising as such. I do have my email list and I do, um, I pay for sort of the, the CRM and stuff that goes around that. But in terms of having to look for new clients, um, they kind of been, I've been just so lucky. They've been a steady stream and 
they've come along just at the right time. And if there's been one too many, that's actually been at the time that I've thought, yeah, well, actually now's the time to get someone else into the team. And so it, it's just kind of really fallen into place. Um, and because I have had two children since starting this, it's also fallen in well with my maternity. Yeah. So rather than taking, I've taken the full maternity off work, but I've actually only taken 10 to 12 weeks off, off yes. with the child. Yeah. Cause I've had to get back into the business to keep it yeah. going. Yeah. Um, which I think that is probably my one thing through the whole process that I feel like I've missed out on say a little bit, just the tiniest bit of not taking that nine months or whatever yeah. that lots of people are fortunate enough to have. Um, I've taken about 10 weeks um, with each, each of the children and then got stuck back into the business. But that has allowed me to really like focus and, and drill down mm. on the business. And it also gave me the time I produced an online course um, and it got, gave me the opportunity to do all my like free, freebies, um, the sign up pages yeah. stuff that I wanted to start to automate my own business. Cause I'm doing that yeah. for other people. Yeah. And I'm like, I, re I was spending so much time in other people's businesses that I wasn't getting the opportunity to work on my own. So yeah. actually, it was, uh, the maternity was the opportunity that I needed to actually work on my own business. So yeah. it's worked out really, really well. That's brilliant. The cobbler and shoes springs to mind there. Yeah. Cobbler with no shoes. Yeah. But no, that's, that's really great. So I, I want to focus on a couple of things um, that, that you mentioned. So you mentioned two things, and correct me if I've misinterpreted what you said. So you have people who I presume are associates, so VA associates, but do you also have an in-house team, so to speak, and a virtual in-house team? Um, I have, so I have associates, I have three associates who help with clients, and then I have my own VA who works for me. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's really good. So, so it was the point of getting that one extra client that would have been tipped you over the edge I've yeah, I got to that point where my schedule was just so crazy um, and I was managing it fine, but it was getting to the point where my home life was yeah. not suffering, but I wasn't getting, to, the whole reason I was doing this was so that I could spend the time with the kids and do the school runs and not work the late nights and the weekends. And it got to the point where I was working till nine o'clock every night and I was working all weekend. So I was like, right, I'm just going to have to bite the bullet get someone in and and also for me I had a huge huge issue with and it's my own issue with trust oh. like bringing someone in and trusting that they're going to do the work to the quality and the standard that you expect and that your clients expect so it took me a long long time to be comfortable with having uh my first associate who was brilliant um she's actually grown herself and and is no longer associate of mine anymore because her business was also growing um, and she got to the point where she didn't need the associate work anymore. Um, but it took me ages to find someone who would really fit well with me, who I could trust and just give something to them and not have to double check everything. Because otherwise, what's the point in having someone if you're just going to yeah. check their work all the time? And that's just an issue that I've had um, just, just one of those things, I guess. And it's my own thing that I've worked on. So now having three people and my own VA, I think personally it's allowed me to grow and allowed me to 
trust more um and yeah we've built a, a really good team i don't think that's a, that's unusual though joe is it i mean um i've had worked with various vas in in my career i'm not a va i'm a, I'm a, a software trainer and um when i started out uh to, when i started out my previous company which i sold um i had a va who you know i had 20 hours a month from somebody she did loads for me and nobody has ever actually um, equaled her in my business that, you know, I knew that whatever I gave her would, she would do more than I would do. She came up with, she was like a partner, almost like a partner. And nobody that I've worked with since has ever quite managed to do that. And it, it is, it's a huge thing when you're handing your, your baby out, mm -hmm. you want to make sure it's looked after properly. Yeah, and uh, I've worked with associate trainers, so I've had trainers that I put into my clients. So I build up the client relationship, and then I send somebody else to deliver the training. Mm. And that it, it is—you have to trust that they come from the same outlook as you, and they have yeah. the same care as you and, and attention to detail. Yeah, so I don't think you're alone. So, what did you do to help yourself get over that? Did you put any strategies in place? It was just baby steps for me. So I would, I only started off by giving out the, the smaller tasks and the, st and, and I did check to start with. Um, it was just something that made me feel more comfortable. It's something I had to do. And then, mm -hmm. and then as I could see, right. Yep. They are fine with that. Yep. That's done. Um, and I'd ask for feedback from my clients. I'd say, so-and-so has done this. Um, are you happy? Is it okay? And the more they were saying, yep, yeah, yeah, brilliant, perfect. It just gave me that little bit more confidence. Um, and yeah, it got me to the stage where I didn't, didn't need to be checking all the time. What's your experience, Joe? Because I know you've worked as an associate and with associates. What's, what's your experience? I, I, I really enjoyed my... Um, sort of time as an associate and I still do some associate work um I I'm currently working with a VA who picked up an active campaign project and they know nothing about active campaign so I, I'm doing all that stuff for them um and it, it, it I think it all boils down to communication whether it's communication up to your client as if you're the associate your your client is the VA um, or working, sort of communicating, not down to your team, but, you know, that, that sideways to your team, keeping in touch. And, you know, this is where things like Teams and Zoom and, you know, Slack channels and WhatsApp, yeah, Trello. depending on what works in your business, that these are the things that, you know, make it so easy to fire off a quick message to say, hi, how are we doing and what's going on? And, how was that piece of work? Are we meeting the deadline and escalating problems? I mean, I had um, I had an issue with an associate. Um, something went really badly wrong on the, the project and we ended up having to raise an insurance claim. It, it was outside of both of our control and we it was all very ha handled very well by the associate and I did the conversations with the client and all of that kind of stuff. Um, but it happens and I think sometimes it's it's about you know supporting your associate who's gutted that something's gone wrong on their watch and it's also about then 
in some cases pacifying the client or assuring the client that you are you know dealing with it fixing it sorting it and, and all of that kind of stuff so yeah it's it, it it's very very different you know an associate is a great way of building credibility building skills and and i suppose getting that team vibe which you know when we work alone it's it's quite difficult, I suppose, to feel part of a team, even if you are working remotely for a client. I mean, a lot of the work that I do now is project-based. So I might work for a client for two weeks, fix something, do something. And then, you know, I don't do the maintenance and, and the ongoing stuff. I implement or I write policies or I write processes. So it's very, it's a very different way of working now. But I still sort of keep my hand in with a little bit of associate work and, and people who know me know what I can do. So they'll come and, you know, can you do this bit of a job for me? Because I, you know, yeah, I've started I don't names that, are, that people recommend for certain things. So actually if, if I, um, I've become very comfortable if a client asks me for something, if it's yeah. not my area of expertise, yeah. I've become very comfortable with saying no, actually yeah. that's not my area however this person yeah. is amazing and yeah. and being in sort of the the VA groups and some of the the groups that I'm in on Facebook has allowed me to become familiar with these names of people yeah. who are the go-to person for x yeah. y and z which has been yeah. really handy um so yeah and Trello I think yeah. has been one of the the really good things that's mm. helped with task management and most of my um associates have been fine with whatsapp as well we have a little whatsapp mm. group which allows yeah. us to communicate really quickly i think you make another very important point there about uh, as vas sort of saying well, it's not an area of my expertise but i know somebody who can and then whether you make an arrangement to do that as an associate and you take the original contract and associate it out or whether you decide to pass that on as a referral to somebody else but it is very very useful to network with other VAs um, you know a little while ago I put in a bid for a piece of work with another VA um, and we, we kind of split the work because there was an element that wasn't in my area of expertise at all. And there was an element of it that wasn't in hers. But together, we yeah. were able to blend, put in a bid, deliver the project as a one-off for this client. Um, so it's always useful to network with other VAs, you know, and, and do that share skill uh, yeah. and referral. Absolutely. And I found that... Um... I normally, if it's not my area, I wouldn't normally take it on and then outsource it. I would just pass it on. Um, but I've also, um, I was very much a yes person when I first yeah. started, whether I knew anything about it or not. If a client said, oh, can you do this? I'd go, yes. And then I'd spend the next couple of hours trying to familiarize myself with something. And, and it's worked out in that I'm quite fluent in a lot of bits of software now, which is great. But now when a client comes and says oh have you heard of this can you do this if it's not something that i want to do i will literally just say no sorry yeah um, the you know this is what i do like i'm not opposed to new things if it's something that i think oh actually that would be really good to have 
under my umbrella. If it's something that I might be really interested in, I would potentially like take a look at it. But I'd say eight times out of 10, I'll say, no, not my area of expertise. And if no one on the team loves to do it or has it in their sort of expertise, I would just outsource that. Yeah, I yeah. think that's really important. I know it was one of the things that I learned early on when I went networking um, and talking to people who knew about networking. And it's about being the go-to person that people ask for a recommendation. So even if they ask you and you can't do it, so long as you can say, well, if you need to do active campaign, I know Joe can do it, mm -hmm. then they'll come back to me next time they want to ask about something because yeah. they know that even if I can't do it myself, I can recommend somebody who can. And I think it's that- It's really funny. My yeah. clients now kind of email me rather than saying, can you do this? They'll say, do you or do you have someone on your team or do you know somebody that can yeah. do this? Because I think they've learned that I don't do everything. Like I'm not a machine um, and that I have my area of expertise. So yeah. it's nice that we, we have that relationship as well. I think, do you know that's, Go on, that's really important to have those boundaries around your business and you know to be confident enough to stick to those boundaries and that's a i think a really useful learning point for other vas sort of coming into the industry or who are trying to decide about how to say yes and no to things and and i think yeah. that's a really good lesson that you've you've shared there for people but unfortunately i think that's come with time and with a bit more security yeah. um so for for me that like I'm the breadwinner at home as well so I I've always had a lot of pressure of having to bring in a certain amount yeah. of money like to pay the mortgage pay the bills um and everything else um so earlier on when I first started I didn't feel like I could say no like I yeah. needed those clients and I didn't want to lose business because that was money that was going to pay and also I needed to build up a bit of my credibility um and it's from those first clients that I've actually got other recommendations and that's kind of how it's built slowly. Yeah. It's only now that I'm more comfortable that I'm pretty comfortable that my income is going to be a certain amount each month that I actually can feel quite comfortable saying no. Cause I, I do understand in the first stages of those of the business, it's I found it much harder to say no. Yeah. I think, I think that's true of any business though. I know that when I left, being employed, working for a training company. And I decided I was going to go self-employed, be a freelance trainer. And in my brain at the time, this is 20 years ago. No, not, no, it's about 15 years ago. I was thinking, I'll just pick the projects I want to work on. I won't work every day or all the hours or what have you. I'll just do Definitely. what I want. Oh, it's total rubbish because when you set up a business, you take every piece of work, you train well for me it was training I trained every piece of software that I was asked to whether I enjoyed training it or not yeah. um, because you're establishing yourself and it's only with time that you get the confidence and knowledge that yes my diary okay at the, I, it used to take a while but eventually I worked out my diary would always be looking very full for the next two weeks and then all of a sudden I'd be looking three weeks or four weeks ahead and there'd be nothing there and then gradually it dawned on me that it was always like that, which meant that week was always filling up somehow. Mm. So then you get the confidence to, to, to step back. And, and you said at the beginning, if you do what you love, 
it doesn't feel yeah. like work yeah um, and I've also like I also have to make sure my clients that like a that I'm a good fit for my client yeah. but that my client is also a good fit for me yeah. like I have had a client previously who I had calls at 10 o'clock at night and yeah. like those boundaries that I have in place around my business and also for for the girls on the team as well like I don't want my clients pestering them at 10 o'clock at night like that's not what they've signed up for either um it's also yeah making sure that we're all on the same level and this particular client we ended up um reducing our hours right down and, and ending that part of the relationship um just because it just wasn't working out so I always have a like a discovery call with clients first just to make sure that we're sort of yeah. gonna work out okay um and yeah I think it's really important to make sure that they're a good fit for you as well as you being a good fit for them yeah so what would you say excuse me frog in my throat there what would you say were your the the top things to consider for a new VA because we do have a lot of new VAs who listen mm -hmm. to this what would you what advice would you give them when they're they're starting out and it all feels so overwhelming and so so much the best bit of advice that I've ever had and I still swear by today uh the company that I work for just as I was starting out as a VA and she encouraged me massively to to go for it as well um, she said always use what you have where you are in your business and don't let anything hold you back so um, my first sort of online course that I put out there which I updated eventually at the time I didn't have a fancy camera I didn't have loads of amazing software um, I recorded it in my house when we first bought it um, when there was no furniture in it and you can kind of see in the background, but I actually still use that video in one of my online courses because I put a little paragraph in that's saying, see the video above. I recorded this when a couple of years ago, I didn't have the fancy equipment, but I still rolled with it and still used it and got myself out there. And it's only when I've then had more income and had more resources to redo it that I've then redone it. So, so lots of people say, oh, I can't afford this or I don't have that equipment or I, and you don't need it. I mean, I didn't have a website to start with. I didn't have lots of the stuff that you think you should have. And I've just kind of got it as I've gone along. And as I've said, right, now's probably the time that I should have a website. And then I've looked at doing it then. But yeah, don't let not having stuff hold you back. So yeah, that's yeah, one of the... Yeah, I think that's brilliant advice because uh, often I often see in the groups people saying, oh, I need a CRM or, oh, I need, I need uh, invoicing yeah. software. And the truth is, if you've got, you, you, you could do it on a piece of paper if you needed to and a calculator, but you've got Excel or Google Sheets or whatever it might be. You don't have to have that right off the starting no. blocks. So I, I, think, um, I think that's really, really good advice. Yeah, my first online course as well. I did the sales page and I had the modules ready, but they were all empty modules by the first one, which I'd uploaded content. I waited for someone to buy it and for it to sell a couple of times. And then I just had to stay a couple of weeks ahead of myself. So I built the content as they were going through the course. Cause I had that, I had that initial, oh, what if nobody buys? <laughs> 
<laughs> which I think when you're selling your first course, everybody kind of has that initial. Um, so yeah, I waited and then I built it as I went along. So I didn't have that worry of, I put all these hours in, I made all this content and no one's bought it. So I waited for it to sell and then I added the content in as we went along. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. So to round up, because I think it's been a fascinating interview and um, I think there's loads of really good stuff out there. If you're one of our listeners, um, you can learn lots and lots from Sam and her journey for want of using that hackneyed old word journey. But I don't know that there's a better one, is there? I keep trying to come up with a better word than journey, like pivot. They kind of yeah. overused but anyway so it's been really really fascinating and and I love the fact that you saw an opportunity and you went for it but I think I'm even more impressed with your boss that told you to go for it I think that's so enlightened yeah, yeah amazing. she's um she's amazing and I actually I still work with her today so um once she'd sold the company and she created other companies um we had to wait a certain period of time before we could work together um, and then when that time was up, yeah, we, um, we carried on our working relationship, which that's, is good. That's phenomenal. Sam, thank you ever so much for coming on the podcast. No and uh, I'm not quite sure when it's going to go out. I'm looking on my other monitor at my list because we've got quite a number of episodes. We're recording um, at the next five or six over the next two weeks. So I'm not sure what order they'll go out in, um, but it will go out and I'll let you know when it's going out ahead of time for sure. But thank you ever so much for coming. No problem. On the podcast. I am. Um, you'll have to excuse the, but I'm not in my office because I'm self isolating. <laughs> oh no. Are yeah. you okay? Yeah. Yeah. We, um, my parents live in uh, Cyprus. So when we were out there, they took Cyprus off the safe list while we were there so when we've come back, we've, we're having to self-isolate for 14 days and we're actually having building works at our house. Um, so we've chosen to self-isolate with my in-laws um, right. because we don't have use of our garden at the minute and with three kids keeping them inside for two weeks yeah. um, wasn't yeah. ideal. So yeah, I'm, I'm in the corner of a room. Well, uh, it, looks, it, looks, it looks lovely. It looks fine. It's absolutely yeah. lovely. But anyway, so once again, thank you ever so much and I hope everybody stays well. And, yeah. uh, and we all get through whatever the next month's bring. Yeah. And, Thank um, you for allowing me the opportunity to talk to you as well. Oh, no, it's been really interesting. Thank you ever so much. Welcome back, listeners. And welcome back, Joe. What did you think about our lovely guest, Sam? Wasn't that inspirational? I think so. I think there were some really good messages there for, you know, people who are just starting out, who are wondering can I do this alongside my job until I've got a client? You know, I, I think it's really important to understand that that is possible. And Sam clearly demonstrated, you know, she was working full time. She took on her first client over a period of time. She reduced her hours as she built up her business and, and then took the plunge. So I, I think there's great learning there for all of us. And the other important thing I took away from that was boundaries. When she talked about her business had grown to the point where she was working all the hours, you know, God sends in her business, it was then time for her to follow their rules and that she was sort of advising for her own clients. Take yeah. the time, get the help, yeah. you know. Yeah. And I think, you know, all of that comes with time. And I think one of the things that we all as business owners do is we expect things to happen overnight. 
and um, and they and they don't. I was interviewed recently um, by a lovely lady, and um, about on her show uh, why she does what she does just yeah. last week, <clears throat> and it was all about you know this success isn't overnight. It, no. it, it takes time. Now, for some people, that will be a shorter amount of time, and for others, it will be longer. And that will, in, in part, depend on so many different variables. Yeah. You know, the type of person you are. Are you driven? You know, have you got... I think for Sam, there was a financial driver there. She's yeah. the main breadwinner, so she had to make it work. And yeah. I think, you know, those people who maybe are not the main breadwinner and maybe their job is the holidays and the extras, the driver's not quite the same. Um, no. That's not to say it's any less value, valid or valuable. It's no. just, I think it does have a bearing on, on what you do and where you've come from in, you know, your previous life as well. All has a bearing on, on the way that you do. And also how much you can physically take on in a day yeah. uh, and how long is your day we all have the same 24 hours but some people do seem to cram a heck of a lot more into their 24 hours than others do you find that yeah yeah and and, and the other thing is it's you know it's one of the things i mentioned in, in the conversation it's about finding those key services that you love and enjoy and can deliver confidently and you know as both Sam and I sort of alluded to in our conversation that it's there is a tendency at the start to say I can do email I'm going to offer that as well as well as well as well where you know you might actually say do you know what I can do it but I don't like it or I don't enjoy it and I'd rather do just CRM or just build Canva graphics and design and, and and those sorts of things. So some of that, as Sam said, comes with time and confidence, um, you know, but do be confident enough to say this really isn't the kind of stuff that I enjoy. I hated it in my PAYE job, so I'm not going to do it in my business. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, one of the tools that, I mean, Sam says she worked for an SAS, a SaaS software as a service company. So that's something like Microsoft Office subscription. You subscribe yeah. every month and you have a service. So that, that's what that means. And most of the tools that we use nowadays in our online world are software as a service. There's not many things anymore that you buy a one-off fee for and install it on your machine. A lot of what we do is web-based. And one of those things Sam mentioned, which was Trello. Now I've used Trello for a long time. I don't use it really in depth. Um, and I know you use Trello because we did a project yeah. together where, where you helped yeah. me with a project. And we used Trello to map out that project about what the stages were and what needed to be done. Yeah. So, how would you would you advise use of Trello as a VA? Is it is it because that's what the client wants? Is it because that's what you want? What would you say about Trello use? My angle on all of these tools is Trello is a brilliant tool. Trello is not for everybody. In the same way as not every VA is for everybody. Trello is brilliant. It integrates seamlessly with lots and lots of 
different tools that can really enhance your business and gives you a really great planning tool. But there will be VAs out there who will look at Trello and think, I can't work like that. I, I don't find it very easy. My background is Microsoft Project. And, and I find the whole Kanban board thing a little difficult it, for my head and the way my kind of processes work. Um, but I like, I like the tool, um, you know, and I've got, there's lots and lots of templates out there that I've downloaded and had a look and have given me ideas for the way I plan in my business using other tools. You know, alternatives could be Asana. You could even use Microsoft Planner, which comes as part of the 365 package, if that suits you, you know. And then there are other tools that are all integrated, such as Monday, which gives you the planning and the, the other peripheral activities as well so it, it it's all very individual but Trello is at a very very good entry level it's free to start off with then you can pay if you want additional things so it, it's a great tool yeah it's interesting my my background is also Microsoft Project um Joe in fact I used to train Microsoft Project and I've got a book online yeah. on Bookboom about my house yeah. with Microsoft Project and I'm very much a linear person I'm a list person and so for me I yeah. find boards planner Trello Asana Slack whatever they are I find that board um layout I understand it but it's not my yeah. natural mode if I need to plan something yeah. I end up with a bulleted list um, or a, a flowchart yeah. of some sort, but um, yeah. generally a list. But then you can turn a list into a visual. And there are people out there who are visual yeah. and need that visual element to make it work. It, it, exactly, exactly. And it is, it is very much, you know, a case of take the free trial. It, you've lost nothing if you spend a couple of hours using the free trial and think, do you know what, that's not for me. But at the same time, if your client runs their business out of Trello, using that free trial to get up to speed and understand it will help you to deliver the service you are giving your clients. So, you know, it's in your own business, you can run however you choose, you know, but with your client, if they've built up their business using a set of tools, then you need to learn how to use those, I would suggest and yeah. you know the integration i mean just before this conversation we were talking about um how it integrates into teams i mean how brilliant is that now Shelley? Yeah, you can add trello as an app to your to a channel in teams so you can choose the board that you're working on and pop it in there and then everybody who is in that team can work on that trello board there's lots of other things that integrate into teams but i'm not going to list them now um, because we'd be here all day and uh, I don't know about you Joe, but where I am at the moment it's two o'clock in the afternoon and my lunch is falling so I yeah. am going to we're going to wrap up today listeners but what I'd love to hear from you listeners you can head over to the virtually amazing page and uh, on the link to this episode, it would be great if you would list for us what tools, what software as a service tools you use in your business and what are your favorites and why. Um, perhaps I'll put a post into the group there for you yeah. to answer. 
but it would be really good to build up a picture of the tools that we all use uh, and why we all love using them because there'll be something for everybody in there as ever we would love you to rate the podcast if you enjoy listening to it go to virtually amazing on facebook or the tomorrow's va uh, website you'll get a link there to the podcast and both Joe and I's contact details are on the podcast webpage on Tomorrow's VA and our guests link details will all be there too. And it's been our pleasure to be back with you after an eight week gap of recording. And yep. um, we're back recording again tomorrow, Joe, I believe. Yes. Yeah. We've got another two episodes um, scheduled to record um, tomorrow. Yep, so we're still going strong. As ever, if you'd like to be a guest or if there is somebody you'd really like to hear from, do let us know. Speak to you soon. Well, listeners, this is just an extra note to let you know that Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants, is taking a two-week break and we will be back with you on January the 4th with some more amazing episodes. Enjoy your break. You've been listening to Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants with Shelley Fischel and Joe Brianti. We look forward to seeing you or hearing you or you hearing us in the next episode, which is coming very soon.